This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome to Never Meet Your Idols, a podcast where your idols get real, whether you like it it or not. Welcome to episode four of Never Meet Your Idols. We are your hosts. I'm Kuray. And I'm Laura Mary. And Laura, it is 105 degrees here today. Oh my God. <laughs> You're wearing a sweater. Obviously, it's not that hot in England. No, it's, it's not. I mean, it's not, it's not crazy cold yet, but I'm a cold-hearted person. So. <laughs> yes, me too. But unlike you, I'm also a sweaty, fat man, and I just am always hot despite the coldness inside of me. But yeah, I'm, I'm struggling today. I wanted to call you from like the pool, like set up a kiddie pool and do this whole interview from the kiddie pool, but I couldn't even get myself to go outside to do that. Oh my God. I really miss being among the palm trees. Trust me. I know it's like the grass is always greener. Everyone's like, I wish I was in the cool. Everyone I know in in the States, I mean, in California, I say, yeah, I wish it were winter. Yeah. I'm trying to come over there because I'm so sick of this, but you want to come back here. Yeah. Well, mostly because I have no clothes because I own here with a suitcase and I'm still not a suitcase, a rucksack. <laughs> here, so. so send Laura clothes. That's the message. Um, anyway, before we forget, next episode's guest is Nick Valenci from The Strokes, and we are taking listener and fan questions for him now. So submit those and listen in his episode airs September 22nd. Other than that, I don't have anything else exciting to talk about. What has happened since we last spoke? Um, Well, I had a birthday last week, and I realized that Shirley Manson has the same birthday as I do, but I also realized that so does Macaulay Culkin. So that means I share a birthday with Shirley Manson, Macaulay Culkin, and Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> We're an eclectic bunch. <laughs> I don't know who I share a birthday with. I think possibly Marilyn Manson. Oof. Speaking of which, did you see that thing on Twitter about Marilyn Manson? Yeah, I had no idea that even happened. Okay, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, a video went kind of viral last week of Evan Rachel Wood, um, the young actress, in court testifying about domestic abuse um, and her past sexual and domestic abuse that she experienced and given she didn't name him but 
given the time frame that she talks about and the age she was at, it's clear that it was Marilyn Manson. And it's a testimony that she gave before Congress urging the government to expand protections for domestic abuse victims. And the law did pass. It was a bill called, I think it was the Phoenix Bill or the Phoenix Law. And the strange thing is that this video of her testifying was from a couple years ago. So this happened a couple years ago. And I'm not sure how it didn't spread like wildfire then. I know, I'm really confused. I, I, when I saw that, I thought, has this just happened? And I, I didn't get it. And then I realized, no, this is in the past. And I really think I would have heard about that. I was shocked that I hadn't heard of it, especially with like, you know, the music circle of people I've been involved with. And it makes me pretty sick because here's another famous man who um, people know about. I mean, I, I had two former bandmates who were in his band. My ex-husband was in his band. Um, people know the kind of person he is. And witnessed him mistreating her. And what did they do? Nothing. They did nothing. And to hear what she had to say, I mean, I, I don't think we need to get into details on this episode right now, but I'm urging everybody to look it up and listen to um, her testimony because it's pretty powerful. Yeah, I know. And it actually really made me cry when I watched that video of her talking. I think the worst thing that I saw, I thought about it as well was that he'd actually released a music video where he's actually abused, well, physically beating a woman, which he claimed was her in interviews. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I remember that. Um, and he had all this press around it saying he fantasized about smashing her head in and killing her. And I think when it comes to Manson, he's been able to get away with that because everyone just thinks, oh, it's Manson. He's just being extreme to be, you know, contrary and shocking. Mm. But it goes beyond that. Obviously, it wasn't just art. No. So, yeah, it's really quite sickening. It is. Anyone that has any kind of power, like particularly people like, I guess, Marilyn Manson, and it's always about power. Yeah, power enables that kind of behavior. And it's, it's really prevalent, more, though, more so than people realize, because we don't tend to talk about it, especially in music, because everything is like, oh, don't say that, because that could affect your career. And like, mm -hmm. don't diss the music industry, because that could really affect your career. Yeah, yeah, God, God forbid you burn a bridge, right? Yeah. But it's hard to know how to voice these concerns and stories in a way where people will listen and not just be like, Next episode, I don't want to hear it. But I do think we should talk more about these things. And if any listeners have stories or questions, I think we should get them out there. And this is a show about real things and making people who are put on pedestals, you know, bringing them down so that people can see that they're real too. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, um, let's move on to our guest who is. A real awesome guy and um, super talented and fun. Laura, do you want to talk about Lee? So today's guest, we have Lee Kiernan from Idols. And he's the guitarist. He is, yeah. Um, I haven't seen them live, but all I hear about is how amazing they are live. You've seen them a bunch of times, right? 
and you've known them for a long time? Um, I haven't known them very long, but I bumped into them when we played together in um, Belgium a few years ago. And I knew about idols and I liked idols, but I had never seen them live. And I was like, oh my goodness, um, standing from side of stage, you can really feel like the energy of this band. And then later on, when I was back in LA, I went and saw them at the Fonda. And oh yeah, I remember that. I was supposed to go to that show. With yeah, you. I think that was like the last yeah. show I went to, which is crazy. Um, but it was so loud. It was like watching My Bloody Valentine or... I don't know, Mogwai or something. It was that loud, which is kind of impressive. Um, but in a in a really good way. They were just so intense and it was like one of the best shows I've ever been to. Yeah, they kind of just unleash, right? I was watching live video and it just seems like they just let it all let it all hang out. Yeah. And they they go absolutely wild. And I think their lyrics are also a really um I don't know, there's something about their lyrics I think really connects with people. They're sort of doing something that uh we people now are trying to like find if that makes sense um and and personally i think idols are kind of like a win for underground music i feel really happy that idols have kind of like kicked off because they haven't done everything in the sort of standard music industry way and And they've been doing it for a long time i know that too yeah for a long time and i feel like it's just kind of a win for musicians like us because yeah it doesn't normally get this big. Yeah, I mean, because I know they were pretty DIY and still are in a lot of ways. Um, but they have a new record coming out on the 25th, so just around the corner. And um, I also saw that they have a tour planned for next year for the UK in, in spring or summer, and it's already completely sold out. And they're playing big places. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. It's cool that they're still able to make it work being kind of a non-mainstream band without a ton of you know major support in terms of label money etc and they're really making it happen and making a living and uh creating what they want to create you know without sacrificing totally i also think they just they just love it i think you can tell when a band really means it and idols mean it you're like a little, that's like a good tagline. Idols, they mean it. <laughs> Idols are on Never Meet Your Idol. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, well, he's here, so let's bring him in. Here's your idol, Lee Kiernan. Hello. Jinx. How are we doing? Good, how are you? Very good. Thanks for joining us. Our first question is, have you ever met one of your idols? And if so, what happened? I have actually. Um, my one of my biggest idols, like in general, growing up uh, and playing guitar, and musical hero is Brian May, and um, I met him and he was weird. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> it was I don't know. It was it was really strange. I mean, he was. Um, I, I mean, he he was a little bit rude, and then, but I don't think he. I've met him. I've met him twice and both times he's been weird, but once he was rude and once he wasn't rude, but both times he was like, like he was really busy. Uh, we supported Foo Fighters at the O2 Arena and I was stood at the back of it and he turned up at the back, obviously inside the back, not just like at the back, but they drove down into the underground car park and all that bit right behind the stage. And, he, and 
And I just wanted to say hello. That's about it. But he was having none of it. Really? <laughs> I don't even know what he was in a rush for. Probably just to get away from me. <laughs> so you so you saw him and you approached him and you were just, what did you say? I can't remember, but it's just like, oh, not now. Like. Not now. <laughs> you, and you were like, when? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I? Is there, a, yeah. is there another time? Can we, can we schedule? <laughs> Can we schedule my fanboying, please? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And then you got a chance to meet him a second time? Yeah, I think it was just a bit more chill. It was just I like and because I'd already met him that time, I just wasn't so bothered. But we also met like we met Dave Grohl then, and that was amazing. I mean, like I walked in the dressing room and he's just there. He's like, all right. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's, he, he's like the nice guy in rock, isn't he? But he actually is a nice guy. Truly, he's like dad, the nice dad. Have you both met him? Yeah, I have. Yeah. What is it? Like, yeah, you're right. I think it's just a dad thing. Like he's like a nice dad or something. I asked him if he'd be my dad. <laughs> my God, this is what I ask a lot of people, and nobody's agreed yet. <laughs> Wait, he said that I look, I, I told him that a lot of people used to tell me I looked like him, but it's, it's not really, I don't really, it's just because i got long hair and, you know, people are like, just be like, oh, you look Dave Grohl. I'm like, all right, well, why not? Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so I told him that people always tell me that I look like him and he went, wow, you're the best looking person that's ever said that to me. <laughs> Can you be my dad? <laughs> that was such a dad thing for him to say as well. Like it is, yeah. <laughs> it's like a dad joke. That's so that's it. Dave Grohl's come, my adopted father. Hi, hi dad. <laughs> Beyonce is Corey's adopted mum. In my dreams. <laughs> yeah, in your dreams. <laughs> I haven't gotten approval yet, but she hasn't confirmed. <laughs> it's fine. You don't need it. You don't need the confirmation. No, not at all. You just tell enough they'll believe you yeah i mean i look like her enough my sure. name rhymes with hers there you go <laughs> I, I i've got no problem with this good so. as long as you approve <laughs> i don't know i think with dave Grohl, like there must be a moment where he snapped i want to meet that person that he's actually been rude to I mean, we we met him again at a festival and he sound they were lovely again yeah anytime i've met dave Grohl, he's been super nice guess he's the nice guy of rock and roll i think it comes down to like you know like the old guard where they've just they're like actually there's i always think in my mind that there's a difference between people like brian may who is like like a superstar god oh shit i met another one of my idols okay tell it. i forgot about this and this is sick okay because another one of my idols is slash i love guns and roses although brian may Number one guitarist in the world, still is. He may be weird and, you know, shot me down, but he's still amazing. <laughs> Let's go back to Slash. We were playing a festival in Texas. I've forgotten the name. The one in Austin, do you, do you know? Austin City Limits. Austin City Limits. That's what we're playing. And Guns N' Roses were playing it too. Now, we got in the night after Guns N' Roses played, so I was really fucking gutted that we couldn't go and see. But we thought we'd go shopping you know on the on the other side of the bridge there's all those charity like uh thrift stores and vinny tees and all that and we thought we'd go have a look around there fucking slash he stood there in this tiny shop with his family and he was the most lovely human being and then he was like oh what band are you in and i was like uh 
Men Idols. And he's like, oh, yeah, my son likes you. And then pulls his son over. And I was like, oh, my God. No way. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. I've actually, I've never met Slash, but Steve and my band has. And um, we were in Japan in the catering area at festival. And I saw Slash at the food and it was kind of a big place and, and he was like quite far away. And then I see Steve go up to the food and the next thing I saw them talking and I'm like, what the hell? Oh my God. Most, yeah. Mostly because he's not even a fan. Uh, anyway, he comes over and he's like, I've just been talking to Slash. And I'm like, I know, I just saw. And as we were walking out in, into the hallway a bit later on, Slash is walking towards us and he freaking high five Steve and I'm like what the hell uh, <laughs> so annoying <laughs> but he did seem really cool and I've always been a fan yeah he's lovely absolutely lovely there we go I, yeah, the moral story is you should meet your idols because they're, they're usually pretty sad unless it's Brian May. <laughs> actually and Jimmy Page he's, he's weird as fuck yeah and creepy <laughs> Well, he was nice. He was nice to me. That's why. But he kept holding my hand for ages. Yeah, creepy. <laughs> he was nice to me. He just wanted to hold my hand. <laughs> he didn't want to hold my hand. <laughs> he didn't want to be anywhere near me. <laughs> we were talking about the weather. <laughs> then all of a sudden he sketched right out and he was like, no photos. And I was like, I'm not trying to take a photo of you. <laughs> but... I've actually got a photo of me and Jimmy Page in this house framed on the wall. Really? Oh, really? Uh, yeah. True story. You're holding your hand. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think COVID's going to change hand holding with strangers. It's all gone. And Jimmy Page is not going to know what to do with himself. <laughs> <laughs> He'll find other ways to touch you. <laughs> do you miss? touring or or now that you've had all this time off are you kind of looking at life a little bit differently no i'm all right like at the moment i'm okay with not touring and i think it's because we've gone on tour for so long we were touring so much it got it got a bit much so we had the those three months and for me personally the three months came like ended so fast and then touring was just on the horizon again and I think there was a bit of a panic. And then because of lockdown, I, I had a lot of anxiety about like the tour, like our, our lives are so, you know, predetermined for like a year and a half. So the idea that now the calendar was empty, we're not touring, I am staying home. And then just being so unsure about how I felt about that. Like for me, playing shows is like a therapy. Like it's, it, I just lose my mind. And I like, there's nothing that compares to it. So I, I absolutely love playing shows and it, I think it's really good for my mental health. Um, but at the same time, I was fucking knackered and like it was bad to be on tour all the time because of my mental health. So just finding that balance. And I, I feel like it's, it's come recently where I'm looking forward to playing some shows, but I'm not necessarily upset that there probably isn't going to be any properly proper shows until next year and that's because it's the way it is and i'm not going to argue it i'm not going to get sad about it i'm just going to go with it because i don't have a problem i love taking i love photography so i do that 
I, I actually, that was one of the things I wrote down to mention because I love your photographs of like architecture, really, really cool stuff. Thank you very much. I mean, I just love it. And I, like, it just makes me, it's like my own thing. Is that what you would have done then if say music wasn't going to be your full-time thing? Yeah, photography or I make films. I like making films. I like making videos. Um, I love editing. Yeah, I think like a dream of mine is to make a feature-length film. So hopefully one day in the future I can actually do that. Yeah. I mean, I love uh, David Lynch. So I mean, there'll be some weird shit at some point in the future. I'm trying to get through all these films. I haven't seen all of them. So. Which ones have you not seen? Um, the, the last one. What's your favourite one then? Do you know, Mulholland Drive is so fucking mental. I mean, yeah, it's... it makes no sense. Whatsoever. It makes me laugh because like, <laughs> if you look at old David Lynch films, there's kind of like a plot and a, and a, and a feeling to what's going to happen. Storyline and there's weird shit in it. And then like season three of Twin Peaks is mental. It's mental, I know. I know, I'm such I'm a mega Twin Peaks fan. I know you are. I'm just like, but even I am like, okay, it's it's mental. It doesn't like so much of it doesn't make sense. And then <laughs> I, was, I was watching, and I hadn't watched anything by him for a while. We were watching Mulholland Drive, and I was watching it. And I was like, yeah, this is weird. And then like my mind instantly was like, oh, I can't wait to get to the end of this film and figure out what the fuck's going on. And then the end of the film comes and you still have no fucking idea what's just happened. And you're like, what did I even think there was going to be a conclusion? Where did I get that imagination? Wild at Heart's my favorite. Actually, Laura and I were supposed to go see Wild at Heart for Valentine's Day this year in the theater, but it sold out really fast. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I haven't seen that in so long, that film. I think the last time I saw that was on tour somewhere. Um, and actually, going back to Lively, um, is there a show that's like been the worst show of your career? I know we've all had one. Or we've had many, I guess. <laughs> um, is there one that sticks out anyway? It's one of those things, isn't it? You, you never know what, what's going to happen. So, like, some of them have been amazing, but then, like, the amp's blown up or something, and then it just ruins it everything that your whole soul just gets torn out because you're having a really good time and then it's just torn from you but i think one of the most like like pointless shows i've ever played because i think for the most part even if i have a cold a flu uh if i feel like shit if i'm having a bad day the moment i get on stage everything vanishes and i, I just get in the zone and and go for it and i, and I love it Sometimes you have a good day, sometimes you have a bad day. But overall, I walk off stage, good. I'm happy how it went. But then we played in Milan once, and both me and Bowen were ill, like stomach bug ill, and like, like not in a good way at all. So like being on stage at that point was like the very last thing I wanted to do. And um, not fun. the promoter took a video of us playing, and he sent it to our manager, and our manager was like, he messaged me, and he was like, did you, did you or Bowen move, like, once? <laughs> I was like, nope, not at all. Um, we, were, we were broken. Like, if I moved, I thought I was going to throw up. Like, it just a tiny bit. Like, 
But like the whole the whole show is like an hour long. I was just like, people wouldn't expect that, would they? Because that's not what you're known for. Standing oh. still. Um, the show went well. Like the, I think one of the lucky things about being in this band is if say one of us is having a bad day, the rest of the band carry you. Uh, they're like everyone's so energetic in their own individual way that if someone is flagging, everyone just sort of like takes over and it's like right yeah makes up for it yeah and and it's like it's like it's like a brotherhood we we look after each other and we recognize if someone's having a bad day or someone's flagging and just get behind them help them or and if they really can't get out of it then that you know it's fine i'll just move more so people people look over here you you carry on we'll do this it works that's a great dynamic to have though yeah, it's nice. Instead of it I mean, all being on like your shoulders to make the show entertaining or whatever. You know, it definitely isn't on my shoulders. It's all on Joe. <laughs> the, the the singer bears everything <laughs> and always will. And yeah. I don't have to worry yeah. about that. That's true. Kind of nice. The singer always has the most, <laughs> I think, um, weight in terms of expectations and be entertaining. Well, like it makes sense because, you know, like eyes. Eyes in the crowd are on the singer. And then every now and then, they'll jot about, look at the rest <laughs> of the band, back on the singer. And that's the way it is. I kind of I like that. I mean, it means I can just do... It makes me feel less self-conscious because I'm like, no one's looking at me. I'll just do what I want. <laughs> you could have puked. It would have been fine. <laughs> I guarantee that's when they see you. Ah! First time that everyone in the crowd looked so... Uh, Well, I just listened to all the singles so far that you guys have put out for this new record. Um, And I was thinking, who are your influence? I mean, besides Brian May and Slash. (laughs) But um, who are your influences? Because I found the music is really, I gravitated a lot towards the music. It was really, really cool and interesting. And I love the swells that you do and like the single note bending. And um, so I was wondering who influenced you as a guitar player. Just just loads and loads of people. I mean, each song that we, we write has a concept behind why we're writing it. Like what, what what's the feeling that we want in that song? You know, is it a dance song? Is it a hip hop song? Is it, go on. Um, and then I, because everyone in the band has such like wildly different, but then there's certain like points where we all align. So like we got loads of bands for this 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 realm. You know what would the Strokes do? What would Protomatter do? What would Mets do? What would Girl Band do? And then so they're like you know depending on what the song needs. Mets, I forgot about that band. They're so good. The drummer is like the most beautiful man in the world. Really? Yeah. To look him up right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just kidding. We're not. We're not Google imaging him right now. And on that note, it's time for rants and raves. Okay, Lee. What are some of your raves right now besides the heartthrob drummer of Mets? Rotomire just released a new album and track four is insane. What's it called? Apple Wrist. By Protomata. Track four. 
So that's what you're really into right now. I mean, I, and, and then track uh, five, June 21, those two songs are absolutely fucking banging. Awesome. We'll check it out. And so what are your rants? America? Um, yeah, America. Welcome to the club. <laughs> you know, obviously not actually America, but like, I just don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, it's, it's it's worrying it's it's quite upsetting i don't know like i've got so many friends out there and like, no one knows what the fuck's no going idea. on i think i think the whole world is, is kind of starting to unravel and go crazy every country has their problems but and also obviously like you have to be very careful what you're taking in because you know, the news the media like to portray things in certain ways and unless you're actually there and and witnessing these things you can't you can't fully judge what's going on but then i also have people who live there friends who live there who who are like yeah no no that's that's happening yes like post boxes are being it's crazy removed like election fraud is being witnessed right before our eyes and yet nothing's happening about it it's crazy it's it's hard to it's hard to navigate and it's also hard to process and I kind of tune out a little bit, but then I feel guilty for tuning out because, you know, I, it's more responsible of me to be aware and, um, and active and participate, but it is just so wild, you know, something like voting by mail, which has never before been a, um, it, you know, it's always oh, been a nonpartisan thing and now it's just this, it, it, it's it's mind-boggling and um i want to get out i think about it all the time i want to get out this is not healthy <laughs> to say the least i i found like recently and especially with lockdown and so on like you know we're going through brexit in the uk i mean well we're going through it it's happening and there is no deal and we'll leave europe on the first of january officially that's that's that i like no idea what's going to happen there i'm trying to live in hamburg so that makes you know going between because of work and and my life and i still live in the uk too so like you know transferring between is mental and then it's like how much of this stuff can you take in? And then you got like everything with global warming at the moment, which like scares the shit out of me. Just seeing like how bad everything is is getting. And then there's corona and I'm just like, do you know what? I need a rest. Yeah. But I love like I actually love America. I love touring it. I love the landscape. Like the shows are amazing. Um I love like this then i have my love hate relationship with america with the food but smash in a stack of pancakes the size of my body gallon of syrup and then i want to eat a steak and a burger and fries and then i want to eat all the cereal bars that america have to offer because they're fucking amazing and then after being there for about two weeks i'm like i need to get out <laughs> i've eaten my body weight in uh, lucky charms bars <laughs> so it's a it's a funny place, but yeah, at the moment it's crazy. So I'm quite you know quite glad I'm not I'm not touring there. Yeah, um, imagine living here. But uh, Laura used to be here with me. Yeah, I was. Um, I came back here in the UK to make Barbara Chusick's album, 
And while I was in the studio, the travel ban came in. So um, I'm still here. Yeah, you're not missing anything. You guys stay in touch via Zoom. Yeah, Zoom, FaceTime, and text. Yeah, we text a lot. <laughs> but, I mean, imagine if we didn't have all this technology now during this time. Yeah, we'd be sending letters and no letters to and from America would get anywhere. Oh my God, <laughs> so true. Uh... Well, thank you so much, Lee, for joining us on Never Meet Your Idols. Um, hopefully thank see you, you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Never Meet Your Idols. Join us in two weeks when we welcome Nick Valenci from The Strokes. To submit questions for us or our guests, email us at nevermeetyouridols at gmail.com. Or send us a message or voice memo on Instagram at nevermeetyouridolspodcast. Until next time, I'm Corey. And I'm Laura Mary. See, See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.